ends up being an old friend. But, uh, and you know, I did have a moment just during the greeting time, seeing you up front here and seeing Pastor Art standing back there. And I thought, what, what a beautiful moment. 30 years of leadership in Ivanrest, I almost said Mountain View Church, in Ivanrest Church in the room here together. So Art, good to see you. Glad that you're here. And thank you for your past leadership and for your present leadership here. It's so, so good to be back again. Um, some of you, many of you have asked, those of you who know me, so I'll give a quick update um, on our family. Our kids are doing well. Brant and Ashley, they got married last summer and are living here in Grand Rapids. Um, and Aaron and Andy are down in South Carolina yet doing well and uh, will give us our first grandchild in December. So uh, it will be a little girl coming in December. So we'll, we already have our tickets to go to South Carolina in December and we're very excited about that. And um, ministry-wise, for the front porch, Stacey and I are going to share more of what's going on at Mountain View Church, so hopefully you can stick around for that afterwards. Uh, But for here, I just, our friends at Mountain View know that we are there with them because of people like you, because of your support and your prayers, and they wanted to make sure that we said thank you to you. So to all of you, thank you for making our ministry possible. Thank you for making it possible for that little church. We have about 30 people on a good Sunday, uh, so I'm feeling a little overwhelmed right now. Um, To make that possible for that ministry to continue to exist and to reach out into a country that is in desperate need of knowing Jesus. So please accept the thank you from our friends at Mountain View Church. We are at the tail end of our stay here. Uh, Wednesday morning, we'll hop on the plane and head back to, to Spain. And it's been so interesting because, you know, when we arrived here about six weeks ago, our friends and our family said, welcome home. And it felt like coming home. And when we go back to Spain on Wednesday, we'll arrive and our friends there will say, welcome home. <laughs> and it will feel like home. Um, and yet at the same time, you know, Spain doesn't feel like home. Yes, we're looking forward to going back on Wednesday. I can't wait to sleep in my own bed again, to be in our little flat again, our little third floor apartment again, to get back to our normal routine of life. And yet, at the same time, we are reminded every day that we really don't belong in Spain. (laughs) That, yeah, we live there. Yes, that's home, but it's not really home. Right? We don't speak Spanish so much. And so I run into our neighbors in our little apartment building, and I can say good morning or good afternoon to them. And if they say anything more, sorry, <laughs> I, I, I don't speak your language, right? I'm reminded I don't belong every time when I need to translate Celsius into Fahrenheit and liters into gallons and, and kilometers into miles and... And, you know, big things like navigating the new medical system and and little things like learning how to mail a letter. It's all hard. You know, people ask us when we come back, what do you miss? What do you miss? You know, and maybe you expect to hear, I miss a cheeseburger or something. I just miss easy (laughs) because nothing is easy. And it reminds us that Spain is not really our home. That we're, in some ways, foreigners and strangers in a strange land. And that feeling of being foreigners and strangers in a strange land, 
should not be unique to us. It should be a feeling that every single one of us in this room, as Jesus followers, feels every day. And and we should feel that way even if we're living in the, the city that we grew up in all of our lives, even if we're living in the culture that we are totally familiar with, even if we speak the language of everybody around us, we should, you and I, should still have this feeling of I'm a foreigner and I'm a stranger in this land. You know, God, God doesn't ask most of us to, to pack up and move to Spain, right? That's fine. That's not the foreigner and stranger I'm talking about. Instead, God does ask every single one of us to live differently from the world around us from the culture and community around us that doesn't understand what it means to be a Jesus follower. We should feel like foreigners and strangers right in the place where God has put us. That's what we read about in Hebrews chapter 11. If you brought your Bible or on your phone, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. It's toward the end of your Bibles. It's a, it's a familiar chapter to many of us. You, maybe it already went off in your mind. Hebrews 11, that's, that's the heroes of the faith chapter, right? The, where it lists all these heroes of faithfulness. People who did bold things in obedience to God's call, right? And because they followed God, if you know their stories, because they said yes to what God asked them to be, to who God, who God asked them to be. They didn't fit in with the world around them. They stood out from everybody else who lived in their neighborhoods. Right? So if you were to read that whole chapter, you'd read about, you'd read about Noah, who built an ark on dry ground. And, and his neighbors, we know, it says, his neighbors all looked at him and said, you're crazy. What in the world are you thinking? You're spending all your money. It wasn't free. You're spending all your money. You're spending all your time building an ark when there isn't any water nearby. They mocked him and laughed at him. He didn't fit in. Right? You'll read about Abraham, who in his older years, he had settled in. He was successful in business, successful in life. He had a nice house, and and he left it all behind when he was an old man. And his neighbor said, where are you going? He said, I don't know. I don't know. He said, you're crazy. What in the world are you doing? Right? You'll read about Moses. Moses who gave up the comfort of being a prince in Pharaoh's house. And then gave up the, the, the peacefulness of being a shepherd in order to go lead, lead a bunch of complaining, angry people. Right? The sheep at least didn't talk back. All these people talked back to him. You'll read about, about Rahab who hid the spies. She went against what all of her countrymen would have done, right? She stood out as different. You'll read about Gideon going into battle against the Midianites and he raises tens of thousands of soldiers, right? The more, the better when you're going into battle. And then God says, you know, send them all home except for 300. And he does. 
Can you imagine those people who, those soldiers who walked away said, oh, I'm sure glad I'm not one of the 300. That's going to be disastrous. They all stood out from what was expected, from what the world would say they should do. They boldly followed God's leading. And we often think, I don't know about you, when I read those, that chapter and read about those people, I think, man, I wish I could have faith like that. But I'm just not that bold, right? I wish I could do big things like they did. But, you know, this chapter is not meant to be an exclusive list of superheroes for us just to look back and marvel at and say, whoa, weren't they great? No, this chapter is meant to teach each one of us how we can follow their example, how we can follow in their footsteps and be people of faith just like they were. And verses 13 through 16 of Hebrews 11 tells us how to do that. Right? It reveals to us what was their motivation, what was their heart that led them to do what they did. And if we can understand their heart, then we can follow in their footsteps. Listen to these verses, Hebrews 11, 13 through 16. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Don't miss verse 13. At the end of that verse, it says, they admitted that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. I want us to look at both of those things. Those two, I think they're very important, right? First of all, they knew that they were strangers here in this life. They embraced that. They accepted that. They did not fit in with the world around them, with all the patterns and, and expectations and priorities and values of, of all their neighbors and friends. They said, no, that's not where I belong. That's not what I do. They didn't live for the comfort and ease and success that, that the world defined. said, that's not my goal. That's not what I'm living for. They're heroes of the faith because they chose to live as strangers in this world. They chose to be uncomfortable here for God. Right? Comfortable for Noah. Comfortable for Noah would have been to sit back with a glass of lemonade and enjoy the days with his neighbors. Forget the ark. Comfortable for Abraham would have been to, to simply stay where he was in the land of Ur. He had a nice house. He had a big, he, had, he could just sit back and enjoy his retirement years, right? In ease. Comfortable for Moses 
would have been to be a prince in the palace or to stay with the sheep who don't complain. Comfortable for Rahab would have been to stay out of the political mess. Doesn't involve me. Just, I, I don't want to take a risk for my business. I'll just keep my mouth shut. And my goodness, for Gideon, I would have been a lot more comfortable with tens of thousands of soldiers going into battle rather than just 300. But they all chose uncomfortable. They all chose not to live the way that the world expected them to live. They all chose not to do the things that everybody else around them was doing. They all chose to take the risk that following God's leading demanded of them. You know, they didn't choose comfortable. And they didn't choose comfortable because they all realized that fitting in with the world around them, being comfortable in this life is not what really matters. They all realized that to be at home with God means they needed to feel a little less at home in this world. They all realized that if they really wanted to experience the true blessings of heaven, the blessings of more of God and his presence and his smile on them, then they needed to give up some of the blessings of this earth. And that perspective, that kind of spiritual maturity is what moved them to live faithfully and is what will move you and I to live faithfully in this life, just like they did. It will give you and I the courage to live uncomfortable for the cause of Jesus Christ. Which is exactly the invitation that the Apostle Peter gives to us, right? Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, he says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Right? Peter is saying, look, your lives, your everyday lives should stand out from the world around you. Your, your following Jesus should make the people around you say, what? Right? So that your lives, your such good lives that, that they see your good deeds and they have to glorify God because you're so different. You're living so differently for Jesus. You're living as foreigners and exiles. Isn't that exactly what Paul is calling us to in one of, I think, one of our favorite verses, very familiar, right? Romans chapter 2, he says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect world. Don't just conform with the ways that the world says you're supposed to live. You know, if you... 
if you don't make a conscious choice to live for Jesus, you will just enter into this flow of the world and you'll just live just like everybody else does. You'll live with the same values, the same priorities. You'll define success the same way as the world. And Paul says, no, step out of that stream. Don't just conform to what this world says. No, let Jesus transform you. Change your life. Listen to what God's will is. And God's will will pull you out of that stream. And you will be transformed into something different than the world around you. Okay, so let me ask you a question for each of you. The question is, is there anyone in your life that thinks you're kind of strange because you are following Jesus? This is not a rhetorical question. You don't have to answer it out loud. But I want you to truly think, is there, can you name a name of somebody who thinks you are just odd? Is there, is there somebody in your school, for those of you who, who go to school, who thinks you're just kind of strange because you are being kind to that fellow student that everybody else is unkind to? You're choosing to be a friend to that classmate that has no friends. And everybody else will look and say, that's strange. Or maybe, maybe there's a neighbor. Maybe there's a neighbor of yours who is grumpy and mean. And you're kind to them. You are consistently kind. They're the ones you bring, you bring cookies over to. And they think, that's so strange. I'm the grumpy neighbor and they like me. Maybe there's a coworker of yours. A co-worker who, who, again, is just hard to get along with. And you're the one who eats lunch with them, who tries to be a friend, who coaches them along the way. How strange. Maybe you're, if you have one, your financial advisor or your accountant thinks, thinks you're so strange because he keeps telling you, don't give away so much money, and you keep being generous. Does your accountant think you're kind of strange? A family member? Is there a family member who comes to mind because they think you're odd because you keep forgiving? You keep offering grace. Maybe there's a fellow church member in the room here who thinks you're strange because they know you see politics differently than, you do, than they do. And you, still, and you still are friends with them. And you still talk with, with respect instead of just getting angry. Did any name, did any face come to mind for you? Somebody who thinks you're kind of strange because you're not just going with the flow. Because you're different. Because you're a Jesus follower. Choosing to be faithful to God means choosing to be a stranger in this world in really practical, real ways. Okay, and it also means, secondly, from Hebrews chapter 11, 13, these heroes choose to be strangers and foreigners in this world. Right? Verse 16, it said that, that these heroes of the faith were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. 
they're he- they could be heroes of the faith because their hearts were not anchored to this life and to this world. They knew that there was better yet to come. Their hearts were anchored there with God. That's where their hearts were set. So they knew that whatever, whatever comforts they gave up here in this life and in this world were nothing, nothing compared to the comforts and the blessings that were still to come in the next. Right? They knew that choosing to be faithful to God's call, to his direction, to his purpose in their lives was never a loss even though the world would tell them that they, they lost. Noah was losing. Moses was losing. Abraham was losing. No. They knew whatever they left behind here doesn't even compare. Not a loss at all compared to the gain that they had with God their Father. Right? And that kind of attitude, that kind of other country, other world attitude... That's what motivated the Apostle Paul. He makes that clear, right? Philippians chapter 3, he says about himself, forgetting what is behind and straining towards the goal that is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And if anybody knew what that was about, forgetting what was behind, it's the Apostle Paul. He had it made He was the perfect Jew who had everything right. He had a bright future in front of him. And he left all of that behind, all the ease of doing things right behind to follow Jesus. He said, I don't even look back at that stuff. The world says I lost. I look at that and it's garbage. It is all garbage compared to what I've got coming to me in Jesus Christ. I'll leave that all behind again and again. Because I'm looking ahead to the better country that I belong to. Now, don't get me wrong. This doesn't mean that we can't enjoy the good things God gives us in this life. God tells us. He he has blessed all of us so richly. And he says, I've given you good things. Please find joy. Smile. Give thanks to God for the good things he's given you. Enjoy this life, please. I think when I imagine the lives of Noah and Abraham and Moses and Rahab and Gideon, they were all successful, successful people. I think they enjoyed life. What they had was good. What you and I have is good. But those heroes of the faith did not let good get in the way of better. They were willing to give up some of their good because they knew there was better. They were absolutely convinced that the blessings of God were better than the blessings of this world. Even if, as this passage tells us, They didn't always get to see them all. They didn't experience that blessing all the time in in this life. But that didn't matter. 
They knew the blessing of God was better than the blessings of this world. They knew that there's more to life than what this world says is success. They knew there was more to life than what this world says is valuable. And so they, they chose to live for a better country, a better home, God's home, God's country, his priorities, his definition of success, his definition of joy. Living with that reality, the reality that we are foreigners and strangers in this world, now, this world is not our ultimate home, is what motivates faithfulness, empowers you and I to follow in their footsteps and to be people of bold, obedient faithfulness. Because as followers of Jesus Christ, we are foreigners and strangers. We don't really belong, and that's exactly okay. One more detail before we wrap this up that we need to notice about this. For all of these heroes of faith, God gives the invitation. He invites them to be foreigners and strangers in this world, but he doesn't force it. He doesn't force them, and he won't force you, and he won't force me. Noah, Abraham, Moses, they all could have said no. No, thank you. Moses tried. <laughs> Read his story. He tried hard to say no. He took some serious convincing before he finally agreed. Right? You can say no. God will invite you to step into his reality. He will invite each one of us to something, to something bold in his name. And I can almost guarantee that it won't be for you, move to Spain. Okay, that was, that was God's calling to Stacy and I. That was his bold invitation to us, move to Spain and do ministry there. But he will give every single one of us a specific calling, a specific purpose, a specific way that he wants to use you, a place that he wants to use you, big or small for the cause of Jesus Christ. If you will listen, if you'll have the ears to hear, you know, maybe God is asking, maybe you heard the announcement earlier and what, need for one more preschool teacher. Maybe God's whispering in your ear right now, that's you, that's you. It sure will be a lot more comfortable not to teach preschool, right? Boy, your Sunday mornings are a lot more peaceful and your Saturday nights are a lot less harried. But if God's saying to you, those kids need you, I hope you say yes. I don't know what he's going to ask you. Maybe he's whispering in your ear. If you listen, you'll hear him say, I want you to focus on being a better father or mother to your children. And the world might say you're crazy when you turn down going to the game or spending more time in, on whatever your hobby is because you're going to spend it with your kids. Or maybe you'd be a better husband or wife and you're going to invest that time in your marriage. 
maybe God, if you listen, God's going to say, yeah, I want you to give more generously. I bless you financially, and now you need to bless others. And that means you'll be giving away more than your neighbor. You won't be able to buy everything that your neighbor has. And and maybe that's okay if you dare say yes to what God is asking you to do. Maybe if you listen carefully to God, he'll, He'll simply bring to mind the name or the face of one person. A classmate, a co-worker, a neighbor, a friend, a family member. Bring to, bring to mind that name, that face, and say, that's the person I want you to build a relationship with. That's the person I want you to love in my name. I don't know, maybe God's going to ask you to be less angry and more grace-filled. You know, whatever he asks you to do, if you dare listen, if you open your heart to say, God, I'm listening, my guess is it's going to make you a little bit uncomfortable. It's going to make you pull out of what this world says is right. Do you dare be a little bit uncomfortable in order to be faithful? Are you willing to be a stranger in this land? Are you willing to recognize that this world is not my home? I've got a better home. And that's the one I'm living for. So let me ask you just one more time. Where in your life do you feel like a foreigner and a stranger because you follow Jesus? Where is that? Where is God asking you to be that foreigner and stranger? Dare dare to listen. Ask God, God, where do you want me to be different for you? Open your heart. Open your ears. Listen to his leading. Discern his calling for you. Because I, like I said, I'm absolutely convinced he has something for every single one of us. It doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are. He's got something for you. If you dare to listen... When you hear his invitation, when you hear him say, this is for you, be willing to leave easy behind. Be willing to leave easy behind and choose faithful over comfortable. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for the blessings in our lives. You have... You have showered us with so many good things. And we're grateful. Thank you for the generosity that you have poured out on us, for good relationships that we have, for financial blessings, for secure homes, and the list goes on and on. God, please do not let your goodness in our lives get in the way of what's better for us. Give us the courage and the faithfulness to dare to step out of the ways of the world and to live differently for you. To be foreigners and strangers for your kingdom purposes. God, give us give us lives lived for you that are so different from the world around us that 
Our neighbors, our friends, our classmates will see us. And we'll see that we're different. And we'll see Jesus in us. So God, whether it's something, something big or something small, whatever you invite us to, may we be faithful. And thank you for the promise of the home that is ours to come. Thank you for your salvation power. May we live that power in every moment of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.